Hello, hello. Coming to you live from rest time today. I realize that this is the season of my life where sometimes I do really productive things in my pajamas. And I have to say, I don't hate it. I think everybody got a taste of that during quarantine back in 2020. And I think a lot of us have, you know, been reluctant to get back to wearing real daytime clothes. But that's beside the point. Today, we are going to talk about leaving room for the mystery of God in our lives. So tell me this, do you ever try to plan out how God will come through for you? I find myself trying to do this when I'm going through a hard time. I want things to resolve a certain way. So I pray very specifically for how God will provide. And then I wait, not very patiently, to see my plan for God come together. In this way, I tend to base my comfort on what God is supposed to do for me, but this typically just leads to frustration as things continue to not go as planned. And then I find myself, to borrow a phrase from Ann Voskamp, pounding on God's chest, fighting to see him at work in my circumstances. I have wrestled with God like this for the last couple of years. In part, I think it demonstrates some faith to know that God is going to come through and bank on that. But in part, I still show my lack of faith by trying to control the outcomes. I try to stay one step ahead of predicting what God will do. I try to make some sense of why things are happening while I'm still living in the middle of the story. But often God is working good things in such a mysterious way that I have no clue what goodness is around the corner. Think about the story of Jacob wrestling with God back in the book of Genesis. To give you some background and make a long story very short, Jacob has a twin brother, Esau, and he cheated his older brother out of his birthright and then later his blessing. He ran away to his uncle's house when he heard rumors that his brother was plotting to kill him in revenge. After many years and two marriages, while shepherding for his uncle Laban, God spoke to Jacob, telling him it was time to return to his homeland, and God promised to treat him kindly. This is recorded in Genesis chapter 32. Jacob prayed in response. He prays for protection from his brother Esau, and then he obeys God. He left his uncle's home with his wives and children and livestock. He sent gifts ahead of his caravan to Esau as he's returning to his homeland in hopes of a friendly homecoming. Then he took his wives and children ahead of him on the journey, went across the river, left them there, and then he went back across the river to camp alone on the other side. That night, Jacob wrestled with God until the sun began to rise. Jacob would not give in and finally said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. God was appearing here as a man, and he blesses Jacob and changes his name. From then on, Jacob is called Israel, meaning that he has fought with God and man and won. And somehow, Jacob knew the significance of that struggle. So before he left the camp, he named that place Peniel, meaning I have seen God face to face, and my life has been spared. When we wrestle with God, I think at least two things happen. One, it changes us. And two, it changes our view of God. 
We cannot struggle face to face with the Almighty and walk away the same person as before. If we refuse to engage with God in our seasons of doubt, we miss out on this formation that comes through the struggle. When we press in with all of our frustration and determination, God blesses that effort of faith. We see more of God and we know him better through the fight. And you know how things played out with Jacob and his brother? Esau saw him coming and ran to meet him and he greeted him with open arms. The two men wept and Jacob introduces Esau to his family. This is the mystery of God. Jacob makes such a mess of his life as a young man that he runs away to hide. But God brings redemption and pours out his blessing in spite of those mistakes because that is what God does for us. We are so often consumed with making ourselves into who we want to become. But what we really need to be more concerned about is who does God want us to become and how do we pursue that? I would posit that part of that is by leaving room for the mystery of God, recognizing that he is at work even when we can't tell what's going on. He is the one who reconciles brothers. He is the one who knows the motive of the heart and brings justice. We can trust that no matter what our circumstances, God will show up for us too. There is no need to plan for every hour, every dollar, every interaction we have. We must leave room for God to work in ways we aren't expecting because most often that's just what he does. And it's amazing. We should be amazed at the mystery of God. His wisdom is unfathomable. We are not missing out because God won't tip his hand and tell us what's coming next. We're invited into a divine story of redemption. We know the redemption will come. All that is left is for us to trust his goodness in the midst of sickness and suffering and in the excitement of receiving the good things he has for us. We see this story play out all over scripture and in the lives of individuals as God works through the experience of his people Israel. We can look to the Psalms as a guide for prayer no matter what season we find ourselves in. So I'd like for you to hear these verses from Psalm 81 as a reminder of what God has done for his people and as a reminder that he's doing it for us too. Psalm 81, for the choir director, a psalm of Asaph, to be accompanied by a stringed instrument. Sing praises to God our strength. Sing to the God of Jacob. Sing, beat the tambourine, play the sweet lyre and harp. Blow the ram's horn at new moon and again at full moon to call a festival. For this is required by the decrees of Israel. It is a regulation of the God of Jacob. He made it a law for Israel when he attacked Egypt to set us free. I heard an unknown voice say, Now I will take the load from your shoulders. I will free your hands from their heavy tasks. You cried to me in trouble, and I saved you. I answered you out of the thundercloud and tested your faith when there was no water at Meribah. Listen to me, O my people, when I give you stern warnings. O Israel, if you would only listen to me, you must never have a foreign god. You must not bow down before a false god. For it was I, the Lord your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. 
Open your mouth wide and I will fill it with good things. But no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me around. So I let them follow their stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas. Oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that Israel would follow me, walking in my paths. How quickly I would then subdue their enemies. How soon my hands would be upon their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him. They would be doomed forever. But I would feed you with the finest wheat. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. As I read that psalm, I just can't help but think about how God blesses his people when we honor him first in our lives. When we don't hold on to other things like trying to control our circumstances, like fixating on who we want to become or what we want to accomplish. But when we let go of it all and seek God's face and just follow his ways, he has good things to give to us. So my prayer for you and for me is that our eyes would be open to see the goodness of God no matter what circumstances we face. On this same theme, this week, there's a new post on my blog titled, It Won't Always Be This Way. If you find yourself in challenging circumstances right now, you can find a link in the show notes where you can hop over and read that post. As always, I am grateful you are listening, and I look forward to talking to you soon.